So this is getting a lot of attention, and it should. I mean, it, this this deserves nationwide attention because I'm afraid it's going to be happening a lot, uh, especially during the presidential election, during the Trump rallies and speeches all across the country. For the umpteenth time, the monsters of Antifa have decided to perpetrate violence against people with whom they disagree. They feel justified that uh, they can hurt the young, the old, the male, the female alike just because they have different political uh, beliefs, and we'll get into their sick justification for that, as everybody but everybody condemns any sort of right-wing political violence. The American media is incredibly slow to wake up from wake up to the, the violence on the left. Andy No is a journalist. He is a, uh, a writer for Quillette.com, the Quillette, which I find an absolutely terrific source of independent journalism. And uh, frankly, got the hell beat out of him, beat out of him the other day by these domestic terrorists. And Andy joins us now. Andy, hey, how are you doing, man? I could be better. I, I just appreciate that you're you're spending time to share my story with your listeners. Thank you. Well, yeah, we believe and have very deeply for a long time that if you permit violence, it will breed nothing but more violence. And we think it's absolutely sickening. What the uh, city authorities in Portland, in particular, have, have not done. Uh, can you just briefly describe what was going on? Why were you doing what you're doing, and, and then what happened to you? Yeah, I, I have to set the context of the city for your listeners, and I apologize if I um, pause at various points or I'm speaking slowly. I have a brain injury from the attack. Um, so Portland is a progressive monoculture and here it's become a hotbed of far less militancy and because of the um, sympathetic city council and mayor to some of these causes um, you're seeing basically now is what ever since 2016 and going back further a, a progressive emboldening of Antifa to escalate more and more what they're willing to do openly. So what happened to me on Saturday was I was documenting one of their public demonstrations against some right-wing groups, and they have been extremely critical of my writing as a journalist. Um, I've written very critically of their criminal activities, and I describe them very openly as a paramilitary-like movement of violent communist and anarchist ideologues, and they're agitating for revolution. And their motive operandi is, is violence. So they hate me for that, and I've been assaulted before. I've been doxxed, which is where they release your address online, uh, I've been threatened. All of these incidents have been reported to the Portland police, and as far as I know, no action has been taken. So on this day, I was nervous, to be honest, but the protest was happening really within steps of some of the most important institutions of law enforcement in our city. Just before I was beaten by the mob they were chanting no fear no hate and i could see the Multnomah county justice center which houses not just courtrooms but 
our central police precinct, as well as the sheriff's office. Okay, so the irony here is sandwiched between us, you know, these institutions that represent our rule of law, suddenly this crowd felt that they were able to brazenly attack me in the middle of the street, un- completely unprovoked on my part. They, the first hit came in the back of my head, and I'm a very passive um, man, okay? And I've never been in a fight, so I didn't, I didn't even know really what had happened. I'd never been punched before. Before I kind of just, before I could realize what had happened, then these punches and hits were coming from every direction, and I couldn't even count how many people were involved. I just saw people dressed in black wearing masks, and they were using, um, they were wearing gloves that had this hardened material on the knuckles. So it not only was it just like a sucker punch, it was, you know, their fists were weaponized and uh, with these things that were cutting my skin on my face. And then when I thought it was over, it wasn't. They started then pelting me with these milkshakes and um, that, you know, some people argue that that's a nonviolent form of political dissent, but have tried taking it in your face and get blinded with it. And so I didn't even know which direction to move into to get away from the crowd because I couldn't see. And the more punches came, more kicks. And all the while, I kept thinking the police were going to come and save me at, at any point. And of course, that never happened. So when I stumbled away, I was bloody and dazed, and I had to walk myself uh, across um, about a block before I lost balance and was sitting on the ground. And um, the SWAT medics approached me and let me know that in order that to get help from the ambulance, because the police had been called, 911 had been called, that I would have to walk back to the police precinct, which was in the direction of where I was just attacked by the mob. Andy Noe is on the line. He's a journalist uh, beaten uh, badly by Antifa in Portland uh, with apparently no action by the police. We're going to talk to some of the cops uh, coming up in a moment or two, but we're joined now by Harmeet K. Dillon, Andy's attorney. Uh, Harmeet, what are you hoping to do about this to change this culture of permissiveness? Well, the tools available to me as an attorney are pretty much the courts, and I intend to use those in this case, as I have in many other cases I've discussed with you before. Uh, In this case, we're looking at legal actions, certainly against the actual criminals who assaulted Andy. Some of them have been identified, but these are probably broke losers living in their parents' basements, so many of them. So we're also going to look at legal action against the city of Portland, the mayor, for any actions that we can bring there. I mean, the the avenues are very narrow and limited there. And then finally, I'm also looking at people with blue check marks on Twitter who have defamed him as not being a journalist, not injured. I've seen uh, faked his injuries, assaulted people, like absolute lies about Andy. Uh, And we're, we're gonna look at the full panoply of suing everybody we can 
responsible for what happened here. Now, was this the kind of event where um, uh, people had gotten permits, had Antifa gotten permits for this? And, and the police have to know whenever Antifa shows up somewhere, there's going to be mayhem. Where were, where were the closest, what was the closest police presence and how much was there? So no permits were granted for that event. They actually didn't even apply for it, which is usual for them they absolutely refuse to operate within the system what about the proud boys or any other groups did they uh, get permits or they just show up ad hoc that i don't know it's my i i can't confirm that i'm sorry okay no that's all right i mean in the past i will say proud boys have usually applied for and received a permit as well as the other uh conservative type groups i mean i don't i don't necessarily know anything about that you know well, Andy it's not your problem really it's just curious yeah, andy isn't affiliated with them he's a journalist observing the whole scene right yeah indeed and then how much police was around while 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 he was being beaten on the ground where were the police and how many were there and what did they do well i can speak to that the police uh were according to some police practices experts i've seen understaffed by a factor of you know at least 30 to 50 percent so i think there were about a hundred and hundred plus cops assigned to patrol this whole thing. There should have been close to double that amount. Um, you know, one of the interesting issues here for your listeners is that normally, as you know, in this type of situation, there are mutual aid officers from other police departments and uh, sheriff's departments, et cetera. In this case, uh, the, the neighboring counties have refused to come to Portland's aid for this event and others in the future because Portland doesn't staff these things adequately, does not let the police and other law enforcement do their jobs and make arrests and puts other law enforcement at risk because they refuse to organize these things correctly. So and all of this is going to come under legal scrutiny in coming weeks and months. Well, and we look forward to staying in touch with you as it does. Unfortunately, we're pressed for time, and we have Daryl Turner, the Portland Police Association, coming up next, and uh, we'll ask him because we understand he's pretty frustrated with uh, the limitations they're dealing with. So, uh, Harmeet Dillon and Andy No, uh, we wish you well, Andy, in your recovery. Take care of yourself, and, and please do stay in touch. Thank you. Thank you. All right, back with uh, Daryl Turner, the Portland Police Association, next. Armstrong and Getty. Sounds like a chaotic scene in Portland over the weekend. We have uh, the pleasure to welcome Daryl Turner, the president of the Portland Police Association and a law enforcement officer in Portland, to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Daryl, how are you, sir? Good. How are you? Good. Hey, listen, I apologize. Our time is a little bit tight, um, but we want to know what you guys as peace officers think about What's been going on, the violence in Portland, particularly from our point of view, a tolerance of left-wing violence by Antifa. What's your take on all this? Uh, Well, number one, this has been 
progressing over the years. And so this is something that isn't brand new, but it's getting to a level of obviously uh, the residents of Portland and citizens are frustrated upset as well as the business owners and uh, it's something that just needs to stop period and the way it stops is our leaders our mayor our police commissioner our our city council draws a line and that line is if you have a permitted protest and you go outside the parameters of that permitted protest you will be, you will be arrested for any violations including uh, disorderly conduct if you have a non-permitted protest and you go outside the lines of violations of any of the laws and uh, you go outside those parameters, then you'll be arrested for that and, again, for disorderly conduct, period. And is is that happening, in your opinion? No, it is not. No, it's not happening. It's not in my opinion. It is not happening. Right. Why is that? Well, I think it's the political backdrop of the city. Um, in August 4th, 2018, the, the chief of police, Danielle Outlaw, uh, had a strict uh, tactical strategy she used in a, in a, in a protest that strategy worked. It kept us from having what we called another Charlottesville, yet she got no support from City Hall, and she got no support from some of the community uh, organizations that supposedly support the community. And so obviously that was a message to her that whatever she did and whatever she said was not what they wanted. And obviously being the chief of police of a city with the political backdrop and dynamics of Portland, uh, that may have been a little unsettling. What's it like for you guys to watch this violence being perpetrated and be told essentially to stand down? Um, Our hands are tied. We have to work within those parameters. I know a lot of people say, you're here to serve the public. You're here to serve at the behest of the public. And that is true. Although the mayor is the police commissioner, and what our officers go through if they uh, deviate from what the marching orders may be from City Hall, uh, is unbelievable, up to and including termination. Well, how does the mayor see Antifa? What what what's the view of Antifa? Like as some force for good or fairness? Or I don't I don't even I don't understand at all. Um, you know, and I can I can't speak what his mindset is, but I can definitely say uh, that it seems to be more lenient towards uh, Antifa than anybody else out there. Uh, well, that's we've clearly seen the true. Violence. This isn't brand new. We've seen the violence. We've seen the destruction. This is not something that just happened overnight. This has been going on in Portland for several years, and surely during uh, Mayor Wheeler's tenure, it has gotten worse and escalated to the point where citizens are being hurt. And I'm surprised that no police officer or citizen has been hurt really seriously. Somebody's going to get killed. Antifa's going to kill somebody. That's clearly going to happen. Exactly, and it's going to be on the doorstep of our leaders. Or somebody's going to decide they don't want to get killed by Antifa, and they're going to respond with deadly force. You know, uh, Daryl Turner, president of the Portland Police Association, is online. For what it's worth, Daryl, we've been saying loud and proud for a very long time, you contain this early, or you will deal with something uncontainable before very long. Because there are groups on the right that are eventually going to say, you know what, there's no law enforcement to stand up for us, we're going to do it ourselves, and then you got a full-scale war on your hands and uh and and that's part of the concern that people start protecting themselves and taking it into their own hands but even how do you not protect yourself if the police are not protecting you you have to right it's 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 on you as a human being but even worse there are people out there who can't protect themselves and those are the people especially those people who are at risk and whether you're on either side either side of the protest if you're protesting peacefully and you have a group of people who are now uh, uh uh perpetuating violence Everybody is at risk, including the police officers. 
at this point, do you think the peace officers of Portland and the surrounding area, if, if uh, again, other uh, agencies are ever called in, do you think you have the tools to contain this now, or is it already completely out of control? I will say we're at a, we're at a, we're at a junction right now. We have to contain it right now, or it will be completely out of control. Our staffing levels are some of the lowest on the West Coast. We're probably at about uh, 1.3 per thousand. Uh, we have 128 vacancies that have not been filled uh, at the Portland Police Bureau. Uh, so we are well under our our, um, our authorized staffing, number one. And when we have those protests, it takes a huge amount of staffing, as well as staffing taking calls for service on the street while these protests are going on. But we have to make this work. And the only way we can do that is for the mayor, who's the police commissioner, and also the commissioners to support that, is to say, when you protest, if you go outside of the lines of the law, you will be arrested and you will be prosecuted. Daryl, we, we barely been doing that. We haven't been doing that. And that's the problem we're having right now. We barely have 30 seconds. Daryl, do you have any tolerance for right ring, right wing violence? There's no tolerance for any violence. There's no tolerance for any And violence. you have no tolerance for left-wing violence. Congratulations. That's the way everybody should be. Well done. Exactly. Daryl Turner, president of the Portland Police Association. Daryl, uh, best wishes to you and yours. Let's stay in touch. Thank you very much, and I will do that. You got it. All right. We'll have to hit you with what the Wall Street Journal editorial board says about the Antifa situation, because it's pretty interesting, but... What do you got coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Standoff with Iran heating up even more. We've got more fallout from the Nike shoe policy and a new report about FP in the pool and offshoot of FM. Boo, Nike, boo! FP in the pool? Oh, you don't want the FP in your pool. What is that? Oh, no. Armstrong and Getty. Just to follow up, I mentioned the Wall Street Journal editorial page said, um, our friends on the left keep warning about the rise of political violence on the right, and we'll join them in urging prosecution if it happens. In that spirit, we trust the media establishment will denounce the severe beating that a left-wing mob gave to a conservative journalist in Portland on Saturday. Yeah, we'll see if they find the time. I can explain the strategy that these people use. The uh, word-twisting strategy, the the rhetorical strategy that you hear a lot, so you know it when you see it in just a couple of minutes. All right, news now. Straight out of Orwell. News now with Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump was talking with reporters after Iran acknowledged it exceeded the limits planned on its stockpile of low-enriched uranium. They know what they're doing. They know what they're playing with, and I think they're playing with fire. Iran's been warning they intended to enrich uranium in excess of those limits imposed by the multi-party Iran nuclear deal after the Trump administration withdrew last year. The announcement that Iran has, in fact, broken through those limits imposed by the now-defunct deal came through Iran's state-run media, and it comes at a time of increased hostility between the United States and Iran. And Russia's top diplomat is now weighing in. He's calling oh, on... Oh, good. Always helpful. Well, he's calling on Iran to fulfill its obligations under the nuclear deal with world powers while calling on Europe to offer relief from U.S. sanctions. Uh, everybody's watching this one develop, watching it closely. President Trump's campaign in the Republican Party raised $105 million in the second quarter. The cash gives the president a huge edge over his Democratic competitors who have divided donors in the 2020 presidential primary so far. 
The pollsters say Trump may need every dollar in what looks like a competitive re-election bid. We will have to see how competitive it is after the Democrats uh, winnow down their field. I generally think these discussions aren't really worth much. Oh, I know. They're worth money to me. I'm making money on my bets. Woo! Whoever the two candidates are in the general election will have plenty of money to get their message out. It won't be decided by who's got enough money. Arizona's governor is nixing state tax incentives for Nike to build a factory in his state amid the Colin Kaepernick controversy. Today, the Republican Doug Ducey tweeted he's withdrawing financial incentives because Nike is pulling shoes with an early American flag design on them after the former NFL player complained. Kaepernick told Nike he and others consider the Betsy Ross flag offensive because it was flown at a time when slavery was common. The ignorance of this, just the pure dumbness of it is what astounds me. The modern American flag was adopted, if I'm not incorrect, I mean, obviously the number of stars has changed, but... During the period of slavery, there are all sorts of things that came from the period of slavery. Yep. The, the idea that you would somehow make pers- flaga non grata the original American flag is just ridiculous. And Nike bowing to Colin Kaepernick, please. The governor saying he's go dis- away, Colin. Governor saying he's disappointed that Nike decided Betsy Ross is unworthy, adding the company bowed to the current onslaught of political correctness. And historical revisionism. Got a CDC official who's warning about outbreaks caused by cryptosporidium. That's a fecal parasite. They're increasing. The infections are increasing by about 13% a year. Michael Halavsa, the chief of the CDC's Healthy Swimming Program, says crypto is typically spread by people who swim too soon after having diarrhea. Oh, my God. And it's a major issue because crypto causes diarrhea that can last as long as a month. Oh, my God. Man, I hope would, I don't. Uh, ooh, that'd be a rough month. I, hope I don't get that disease. <laughs> hey, yeah. Joe, you want to come out and uh, go to the ball game? Nah, probably not. Nope. Yes. Nope. CDC says it's important to note that while chlorine kills most germs that lurk in swimming pools, it's ineffective against crypto. The CDC is also saying that hand sanitizer doesn't work against crypto. So wash your hands with soap and water after, you know, you go into the pool. And also, don't be drinking the pool water. That's apparently how it's being spread so rapidly now. Oh, my God. People take a couple of swallows of pool water. That lady is shaving her legs at the pool. She got diarrhea in the pool. So last week, USA Today had this, and I'm taking my kids to the public pool regularly. 40% of respondents, adults, admitted to having peed in the pool. 40% of adults? Ever in their life? I'd be curious to know that. I don't think I ever have in a public pool. I don't think so either. It's disgusting. It is disgusting, but almost half have. Get out, walk to the John P., and get back in a pool, you morons. Yeah, and 25% entered a pool within one hour of having diarrhea. (sighs) I'm not in the mood for a swim after that. Boy, I don't want to get into the specific uh, physical realities of that, but uh, gross. Stay out the pool. Big upset at Wimbledon. Coco Goff conquers Venus Williams. Wins the battle of two very different generations.
Coco Goff, 15-year-old fellow American, beat uh, beat uh, Williams. And she and the announcer didn't say two for two very different generations. I mean, we're like talking to a Joe Biden and Buttigieg here. I mean, they're not even close to the right. same. Age. Is that what he was trying to hint? <laughs> the one gal's real old, the other one's real young. Just say it. It was literally the. The young girl, a young a young black woman, grew up admiring the right. Williams sisters. Right. You know, the yeah. opening the door she, the representation, and and she got to face her idol on the same court and beat her on the biggest stage. It was a it was really Is big it day. Serena, yeah. no Venus. She, Venus. Venus. How old's Venus at this point? Seventy six. Wow, that's so it's surprising she's hung on this got long. Fifty year old kid, same yeah, age is, as Joe Biden. Isn't she oh, like boy. 40, 41? If only no. we had the no, internet. Uh, Thirty nine. Thirty nine. Oh, yeah, she's okay. only thirty. Yeah. Okay. She could easily be your mom. There you go. But that, isn't. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. She's not. Makes you stop and think. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> I'm Marshall Phillips <laughs> in the Armstrong and Getty Show. The conscience of that nation. There are not many sports where a 15-year-old can win. No. Very I, few. Uh, can beat a grown-up. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I don't believe there are any dude sports where that would apply, except maybe like snowboarding. No, like tennis. Dudes tennis happens. 15-year-olds? Oh, come on. Get, get out of here. Boris? Quit spouting your garbage. Wasn't yeah. Boris Becker 17 Bunch when he won? Bunch of garbage spouters around here. I don't remember a 15-year-old, but young. a 17-year-old. Yeah, he was quite young. True yeah. enough. Is it German? And it's a it's a power thing. I mean, it's kind of surprising. that Anyway, anyway that's... I talked as much as I need to talk about female soccer or women's tennis today. <laughs> yeah, wow. Erg, how do we get down this road? I don't like it around here. And you people who are uh, peeing in the pool or having various other problems oh, getting in the yeah. pool, I, I hope this survey was taken in India or something. This isn't what happened in the United States. <laughs> yeah, well. What's wrong with you disgusting people? Uh, I hate it's to tell crap. you, this is it's USA. Crap. It's crap. Oy. So listen, let me hit you with the strategy that the Antifa types are using, verbally speaking. And here's a hint. You hear it every single day on college campuses. You need to be aware of it. You need to fight it. That's next. Stay with us. I'll stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Which part of your body is most at risk due to fireworks? I have those statistics for you next. Stay tuned. Mm. Now, I live somewhere where you can't get anything. Not sure a birthday candle is allowed, but nothing really legal. I'm thinking the, uh, the first yeah. couple on the Good list guess. I'm pretty familiar right, with. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sean having, guessed correctly. Having toyed with those dangerous devices in my youth. Sean's wearing an eye patch and has a thumb and one finger on each hand. There's I know from experience. Yeah. At least you got your thumbs, son. Let's look at the positive. So, listen, for, for the longest time you've been hearing, especially on the college campuses, the snowflake kids and their, their snowflake communist professors talking about how this is a safe space where I feel unsafe, a conservative speaker coming on campus, even on the other side of campus, makes me feel unsafe, and uh, and words are violence, and the rest of it, to, to, to disagree with me is violence, and I'm unsafe. Listen, and, and I've been as guilty as anybody just to, uh, making fun of the snowflakes for being that soft and that ridiculously oversensitive to anybody daring disagree with them. But it's become it's become clear what the strategy is, and the uh, lunatics, the dangerous lunatics of Antifa, do this all the time. 
would you agree with me that s- violence in self-defense is justified? Somebody comes at you with a knife or something, you can punch him in the head or shoot him or whatever. I mean, you've got to be able to defend yourself. It's a sacred human right. It's a natural right. Well, if you convince everybody that words are violence, that means you can commit a violent act of quote-unquote self-defense because of somebody's words. Mm. That's their strategy. So the, you make me feel unsafe, I get to beat you into the hospital like they did to little Andy No. So there was a representative, this was in the Wall Street Journal uh, article that was kind of interesting. I may have closed that, but um, there was um, some group standing up for Antifa saying, well, this uh, Mr. No regularly videotapes Antifa uh, demonstrations and then edits them to his advantage. Right. Was was her why he was attacked. Right. Why it's justified. Now, edits to his advantage. Okay. That's pretty much every news story that is ever put out. It's edited to the advantage of trying to put out the story as you see it. Right. Um, even, even if he completely, um, even if he edited the, the videos in such a way that was unfair... You don't get to violently attack somebody. It's mm-hmm. very hard to edit a video of me punching someone in the face, for instance, because that hasn't no. happened. Uh, you know, like that. There's, I understand. I don't understand their point. Their point is is ridiculous. But I'll stop talking. This is very complicated, <laughs> and I'm I, I lost. I was going to hit you in the head with a stick, but I guess I I'll put it down it. now. Yeah, and and <laughs> you know what Andy knows says to those charges is really irrelevant because the idea that uh, filming and editing is. Uh, deserves a beating so severe you have bleeding on the brain is absolutely horrific. And yeah, they're absolutely now, and we we told you this would happen, there are right-wing groups that now wait in spoiling for a fight because they want to fight these Antifa guys. And, you know, we saw the San Jose rally, the Trump rally, where these people were beating old folks down in the streets, and the coward mayor of San, San Jose wouldn't let the cops do anything about it. And then we saw it in Berkeley, where they were taking bike locks and beating down little college girls, and, and nobody did anything about it. And we said, listen, how does this make you feel? It makes you re- feel really angry. You want to punch these bastards right in the face. Well, plenty of people who feel that way have decided, yeah, not only do I want to, I'm going to do it. And so now we have rolling street battles, San Jose, Berkeley, Portland, Seattle, San Francisco soon, uh, but you know, it's well, it's obvious, but you decided to passive your way out of it, and it doesn't work. So, Pop Mob, this is one of the other groups that was uh, there on the scene. Pop Mob is a, not a militant anti-fascist group. No, th- they're the perfect example of the useful idiot. They sympathize, uh, and their spokesman, Elfie Baum, told the Wall Street Journal. That uh, they had provided uh, milkshakes, but the vast majority of the milkshakes were were consumed, were drank. Well, that's not the proper thing to do with a milkshake. I'd say. Uh, Ms. Baum repeatedly declined to denounce the assault on Mr. No to the Wall Street Journal. He's not a journalist, she said. He was clearly courting that behind of behavior. Um, he antagonized leftist activists by filming them and selectively editing their footage. The Wall Street Journal says so filming now justifies violent assault. Mr. Right. No says those claims are baseless. He's often criticized Antifa as a dangerous and but I you know I don't want to get into whether or not he has uh, misconstrued their videos or not because you don't get to 
you don't get to react to that with violence. Right, right. <clears throat> hey, by the by, here's a, a quick shot at Snopes.com, the great fact-checking organization. Uh, the editor-in-chief and co-founder of Quillette uh, magazine and website, Claire Lehman, um, she went after um, Snopes because she said, well, I'll quote her, um, this, this Sunday evening Snopes tweet said, Andy No describes himself as an editor at the conservative website at Quillette and says he is hated by Antifa, said he was attacked by anti-fascist protesters and had to be taken to the hospital to treat injuries to the face of the head. Uh, it seemed to apply that Nose counted the attack, as well as his prof- professional credits, were open-door interpretation. And Lehman, the editor-in-chief, who's been outspoken in her defense of Andy, who, by the way, is a really small guy and a really passive guy. The, a mob beating down this physically very small man is sickening. But anyway, she was she leapt to his defense and said, what kind of, well, she says, WTF kind of fact-checking in this is this. I'm sorry. Slow down, Joe. I'm all impassioned. WTF kind of fact-checking is this. Andy No is indeed an editor with us. He is a journalist, and no, Quillette is not conservative. We are all political moderates of a liberal centrist persuasion. So the great fact-checker Snopes just went around and threw around rumors and didn't make a single call to Quillette to say, is this guy an editor there? This man who calls himself an editor. What are you, Snopes, if you're doing that? What are you? Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Going to get worse before it gets better. Unfortunately, somebody's going to die. Then I suppose it will finally get national attention. Could be. And listen, I have a little bit of sympathy with like your limp-wristed mayors of Portland and San Jose and that sort of thing because you're confronted with a mob who you kind of agree with, but you realize these people aren't following the rules of society. They're violent. They're they're angry. They're destructive. And wait a minute, I've got this pacifist, utopian, unicornian, let's all get together and be progressives attitude toward the world. I'm going to have to exercise the power of my office in an unpleasant way to stop this. And these people quail at that uh, that responsibility. They chicken out. They try to passive their way out of it. And we've been warning them at the top of our lungs and our ratings are pretty good. You're going to get more of it, and then you're going to have a disaster. And then your your lily-livered, limp-wristed ideas about how to maintain order in your cities are just going to get overwhelmed. Well, here we are. Yes? We're just two days from the 4th of July. It's a good point. God bless this great land. This is statistic... Statistical proof from emergency rooms across the country. What's the most endangered body part you have to... Fireworks. I'm crossing my fingers and closing my eyes. The headline in USA Today is that backyard bottle rocket worth the risk. I don't know. I probably yes. I probably me and my Thanks brothers for probably launched thousands of bottle rockets in our careers. Me and my buddies used to attack each other's houses with them, which pleased our parents. I'm sure nobody ever got hurt. People do get hurt, but oh yeah, me and all my friends, nobody ever got hurt. Um, number one thing is going to get hurt: your hand Except or the finger. Occasional broken heart. Back to you. <laughs> the number one thing, hand or finger. 31% of your emergency room visits are hands or finger related. Yep. Hold on to that thing a little too longer. Throw it, Jimmy. Throw it. Oh, it's fine. Bluey. Most famously was the... Uh, now the, his nickname's Lefty. 
the New York Giants defensive lineman who yeah, the week Jean bef- Pierre Paul. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, the week before signing his new multi million dollar contract extension blew off a couple of his fingers. Wow. There is there is I don't I'm not sure you could injure yourself if your goal was to injure yourself with any of the fireworks you can buy in my county. If you like put them in your mouth. I'm not sure it would straight be straight in your eye. In. <laughs> not sure it would be even then. Head, face, ear followed at twenty two percent of emergency room visits. Then it drops down to leg, eye. Oh, <laughs> eyes down the list. <laughs> trunk slash other. Oh, oh my trunk. <laughs> You injured your trunk. I don't have a trunk. You do? <laughs> well, that's if your elephant's really into the 4th of July. Okay. And he is a Republican, <laughs> as it turns out. Held onto the bottle rocket too long yeah. and uh, blew off the end of his trunk. trunk yeah. Then our arm at the bottom at 6%. You're probably going to keep your arm no matter what happens. So yeah. Keep that in mind. If you, live, if you are listening in a part of the country where you can actually Thank get... You, Michael. Get injured. Like we're on in the uh, St. Louis area. My... my, my uh. My dad and his brothers used to drive from Iowa down across the line into Missouri because in Missouri you could buy practically anything. Likewise, Illinoisans head for Missouri. You oh, get yeah. all the good stuff was in Missouri. Oh yeah, the Ozarks are a poppin'. But uh, where, the county I live in is just—I don't know—they hand you a little piece of paper that says "bang" on it. Right, take it home. Exactly. God bless this great land. A picture of a firework. <laughs> exactly. My kids, it really, since they've never had real fireworks, they just don't quite get the fascination. I mean, they're not looking forward to it. They're right. not excited. They're not saying, Dad, Dad, what when we can big, get a like, fireworks stand. What about the big, like, displays where they shoot them up in the air oh, and yeah. stuff? Do they like those ones? Yeah, they like that stuff. But as far as going to the local fireworks stand, I couldn't wait when I was a kid, saving my money. And they, they just like, eh, because it's just not that fun. Town I live near that has the big fireworks display, they always do it. I think the Saturday before the 4th of July, Saturday or Sunday. And in this case, I think it was the last day of June. Oh, that's weird. Happy June 30th. How exciting. Which we remember, of course, is the last day of June. Boo! Do it on the 4th. I don't care if it's a Tuesday. God bless this great land. Armstrong and Getty.